What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V, and we got a jam-packed episode here. This is episode 235. I am recording this partially on February 18th, 2023. Uh, we'll obviously record uh, between today and tomorrow, as this should be releasing on February 20th, 2023. Just want to make sure I get my timestamps there. And like I said, this is a jam-packed episode. Uh, here's how it's going to go down. So there's going to be timestamps, so you could always skip around if you want. But basically, I'm going to finish up some of these season previews. Uh, I want to do Milligan and then some of the newer programs here uh, that will be beginning their first year, their first campaign of their program and so that'll be really exciting to talk about we'll talk about last year for milligan specifically but then for all the teams we'll talk about this year the players that have key players coaches all of that great stuff uh also talk about their schedule as well get a feel for how that's going to go and so first part of this episode will be all season previews then after that we're going to talk about week one of the season we got four really good games here in the sun conference we have saint thomas versus warner kaiser versus florida memorial thomas versus saint thomas and then weber versus florida memorial so really getting our first looks at a lot of teams here so that'll be really exciting to talk about and then we'll talk a playmaker of the week from uh, those four games, we'll pick one player. Uh, we'll talk about all the players that did well, but eventually select one playmaker for that. And then we'll go ahead and release our power rankings. Talk about that. I wanted to do preseason ones. Um, it just didn't work out. So this is going to be kind of a combination of preseason and week one power rankings. And so if you want to go check out our power rankings from last year, the last ones that ever dropped, go ahead and do that. We'll be working off of those. Plus combined with the games that went down this first week of the season. And then we'll wrap it up. And so there you go. That's the map of this episode. Like I said, if you want to skip around, go for it. But we should have a lot of great content talking about a lot of great programs and athletes out here. So let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, so let's start with a program that uh, was neither in the Sun Conference or the KCAC. I mean, they play teams from both. Uh, they're in Tennessee, so they're kind of just in the middle there, which is a tough go. But this year, it should get a little bit easier. But let's talk about Milligan uh, and their program here. Last year, just had a really tough year. Uh, finished last in the power rankings, but I know they also had a interim head coach and so this year they do have a new head coach ryan Witten. um i'm gonna throw this out there because i am from dallas he is the brother of former dallas cowboys and i guess raiders tight end jason Witten. and so there you go there really interesting here but ryan Witten, uh he has about 26 years of football experience he was actually an assistant coach on this team last year this year he's just been elevated to head coach and so uh definitely some stability here to kind of continue to build on what they have moving forward but uh last year was definitely a tough year they only had one win of the season where they beat Cotty at home uh seven to six that was after brooke housley found Maya Yuri, I believe, on a nice little touchdown pass. 
and obviously they got the conversion as well. But other than that, I mean, they were 1-8 last year. Had a little bit of a late start. I know there was some chaos there, and they had to go, you know, take a trip to Florida where they played a lot of their games and then came back, and Cotty went to their place where they played two games. And so there was a lot going on. That also includes their uh, performance in the national tournament as well. So a tough year, but this year we should see some stability. They are playing a lot more games. They have 17 games scheduled so far from both the major conferences, the KCAC and the Sun Conference here. And so they play two KCA team. KCAC team, excuse me, on March 2nd here. That is Midland and Kansas Wesleyan. So that should be a good little matchup to open against. And then they have a number of Sun Conference teams that they will be playing as well. They play Thomas on March 13th, Weber the next day, Warner that same day. Then they play Warner again April 6th. I want to say they go there if I'm not mistaken. And then they also play Weber right after that. And so they're playing a couple of teams. Well, they're playing Warner and Weber twice there. And then playing Thomas that one time. And so should be some good experience to get against a very quality teams in those games. But they are also playing a number of new programs as well. Including Campbellsville on... Uh, March 2nd, 13th, and 23rd. They play them three times here, which is really interesting because uh, it's not all in Kentucky, but that's where uh, Campbellsville is based out of. And so that kind of adds another team closer to them. That's not super far away. So there you go there. They play another new program in Reinhardt on March 2nd. And then they play a couple uh, two-year JUCO programs, I assume here, in Hawking College on the 14th, Gateway which is from Florida, by the way, on the 8th. And then uh, a, there's a team labeled NC Central on the 12th. And so that'll be interesting to see uh, who that is. I tried looking it up. I don't believe I found the right information, so it is what it is. But a couple of things to note about the schedule. So they play four games scheduled on March 2nd. Uh, obviously, there could be changes to the schedule. You know, they either drop games, add games, move them. That's all part of this thing as it is a growing sport. You know, you got to be flexible there. But four games in one day is definitely a lot there. So just throwing that out there. That's kind of right at the beginning of the season. And so on the bright side, you will know what kind of team you have um, better like at the beginning than at the end and be able to make the adjustments as you go. And then on top of that, they have three games scheduled on the 14th. That's obviously not as much there, but still a lot of games, a lot of games early on in March here, which is understandable. I mean, they're hosting, Campbellsville is hosting, uh, they have other teams hosting, and then they play multiple games while they're already there. That is not a bad strategy at all, obviously, and that's a lot more games than last year, and so uh, we'll give them a lot more experience and time to get going here, which is important, which is good, you know, improve the quality of the program and uh, just play a lot of teams and see a lot of teams. So there you go, but Let's talk about the roster. They have a little bit of a smaller roster here. Uh, Brooke Housley, Danny Bartocci, Tiana Stamis, I want to say, and Maddie Manier are both or are, are all not on the team uh, anymore. I believe Housley and Bartocci 
uh, both graduated. So there you go. And they both played quarterback slash, you know, had a big role with this team. So that's kind of tough here. They only had a one addition in Caitlin Quinn, who's listed as a wide receiver slash safety. And so altogether, I believe they have just about 10 players, which is definitely on the shorter side here. It's hard to play games with a kind of a smaller roster in general, but just looking at their schedule, seeing how many games they play in one day, that could definitely be tough. But who knows? They could always add on players, have walk-ons as well. And maybe they're just not listed on their official roster right now. But let's talk about key players. Let's start with Maya Yuri here. Uh, really believe she came on a little late in the season, but you know had some good games, had some nice receptions, and in my opinion, really emerged as a legitimate wideout to there carving out her own role there so love to see that but it was only second to Liz Burns who I'm pretty sure led the team in receptions and yards and at the uh well at the national tournament I would say she definitely did that and was arguably their number one receiver when all was said and done she's a really good athlete got to watch her when she played those Florida teams uh back last year and then you have Katherine Allen. She's listed at quarterback. I, I mean, they don't post their stats like some other teams, but I was able to find from Weber's website that against Weber, she actually played against them last year. I mean, didn't do super well. 104 yards, two picks. It's okay, but it's still you know it's it's still experience which is what matters because like i said i'm pretty sure housley and bartocci were taking a lot of those snaps at qb last year and quarterback is a very important position especially in flag football and so i would assume she is going to be the quarterback moving forward here we'll see though you know we'll definitely see but regardless I'm really excited about this program. I felt like we really didn't get to see a lot of them last year. They had a little bit of a late start by the time they played. Most teams in the country were like mid-season, so it was just not the most fair thing that happened, which, I mean, you can't really blame anybody but yourselves on that because it's scheduling, and plus you're far, you're a lot farther uh, from teams than uh, other programs are because they're actually part of a conference that are, you know, regional and whatnot, and so... This year, I like how they scheduled a lot of games. You know, it's obviously really planned this out here. Uh, having the ability to play a lot of different teams, a number of contenders here, new programs, a good mix of JUCO programs as well, just so that the team could get better. And I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, you want to get your uh, athletes as much experience as possible, as much game experience as possible, especially after last year where you didn't have a lot of games. The games you did, get were you know majority of the time well we're on away trips right or we're all played in one day and so this time it's definitely scheduled out a little bit more stretched throughout the entire football season instead of just like a couple weeks you know they're active and then that's it right and so uh storylines right It'll be really interesting to see uh, where this team ranks here compared to some of the new programs that are joining in. I think that's a very realistic thing here because, you know, some of these new programs, they're the new kids on the block. I, I don't know if there's a team like Thomas in this group of first year programs. Because uh, Thomas was special, and that was really hard to do. But you're going to have programs that are all kind of on the same level. They're getting used to the game, the speed. I mean, you're playing the best of the best. 
as well. And so, you know, obviously things are going to be revealed. You're going to see, you know, who could really play on this level and who might need a little bit more work and what adjustments you can make both as athletes and coaches. And so I really want to see how they stack up against some of those new programs uh, since they will be playing a lot of those teams. And then I want to just see how much they get better. I, I don't know... If they could crack like the top seven or six in the country because there's a lot of competitive programs and they do have a really small roster but we'll see if they could get inside the top 10 i think that is a win for them uh and there will be chances for them to do that they're playing some really quality programs like i said and so you know the closer you play some teams or maybe you upset some of those teams that will go a long way for them and so uh the story for milligan is just really all about improvement i would say i don't know how good they're gonna be to be honest but i want to see where they stack up against some other teams and see how they continue to learn and get better moving forward and uh, continue to establish themselves as a very stable program i mean they are one of the programs that have been around for three years i want to say since the beginning so there you go there but that is milligan let's go ahead and move on here and talk about some of the other programs that will be new this year that haven't played uh college women's flag football before yet Let's go ahead and go west to Kansas here, uh, more specifically Bethel College in North Newton, Kansas. They will be a new program. They will be joining the KCAC here. And so they'll be joining a conference that has been widely ran by Ottawa. But, you know, you're adding more teams. Who knows? There's going to be a bit more competition here. And so that should be super exciting. But let's talk about their head coach first, Angela Rowe. She is very experienced as a flag, flex, and tackle football coach. Uh, basically has coached all the levels from the middle school level to the pros. I think may obviously not the college level uh, because it's been around for just a couple years, but she has coached all over for about two decades here. I do want to note that she also won defensive MVP for both the U.S. flag and touch football leagues and so she's bringing in a lot of experience here kind of sounds like a defensive minded head coach here but you know regardless still a head coach and i think a very good head coach to have for a new program to help stabilize things and really get them going here in their first year and so let's talk about their schedule uh it's not things super crazy i mean they're playing only kcac teams starting on march 8th where they open against kansas wesleyan and then their first home game is actually against Ottawa on March 18th, 10 days later. And so if you are in the area, make sure you go ahead and support uh, the Threshers out there in their home opener. Both really tough games to start the season, though. But, you know, it's the first year of the program. Uh, you got to learn somehow, right? That's just how it goes. You got to learn somehow. You got to get experience. Why not against the two best teams in the KCAC? Some of the best in the entire country, to be honest with you. And so uh, it will be really interesting to see how they start out there. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan does have a first-year head coach as well. Ottawa definitely doesn't, though. And so 
like I said, it will be really interesting to see how they stack up. And then from there, they'll play all the other KCAC teams twice. And then obviously, they'll have their conference tournament. And then eventually, I assume they're going to the national tournament. Let's talk about the roster. They have a very solid 11 players listed on there. Uh, I tried to really do my research here, uh, either by looking up it up on social media youtube huddle google whatever about some of the key players and so one of them that i really want to mention here is ashley i apologize ahead of time because i already know i'm gonna say this wrong so please excuse me and you know reach out to us so i could say your name right because i'm sure this is the name i'll be bringing up a lot but ashley say joe i want to say from columbus georgia here this linebacker her senior season that is had five sacks uh which led the team 66 tackles and five interceptions along with 12 pass deflections those picks and pass deflections uh, she was also the leader of her team in that and so just sounding like a defensive mvp being able to rush and then cover as well so you love to see that that's never a bad thing and then in her senior season won eight and four with columbus they only lost 13 to zero to the eventual state champions in southeast uh bullock i want to say down in georgia and so she was a part of a very good team and so they'll be getting a very good defensive specialist from that squad that should really help set the tone and culture for this program not only this year but moving forward as well it's also worth noting that they there are other players from columbus georgia as well you got two players actually in kyla rome who played quarterback and cornerback and jaquel tucker who plays db and wide receiver now i don't know if they went to columbus high as well as ashley here but they are from the same area and also i i didn't say this at the beginning but uh head coach angela rowe is from georgia i believe atlanta so there are connections there so no surprises at all but it kind of looks like that she's gonna really build with those three georgia players here i mean those are the players that i found that have the most flag football experience uh as georgia is one of those states that have made it official and whatnot now the other players are athletes that play multiple sports you know so it'll be interesting to see how they get integrated in here and that's not a bad thing at all you saw what the university of st mary was able to do with a bunch of players that haven't played flag football really before but are great athletes and whatnot and shout out their former head coach grace and she did a really good job working with those athletes and coaching them up to really know the game of football and be a really good team and so it'll be interesting to see how these other players are integrated in but you have jesse mcmichael who is the only other quarterback listed on here she is on the softball team i believe as well obviously a pitcher so there you go there and then you have two soccer players in victoria esquivel and summer von fisher uh, who i'm sure are very good athletes and so you know you got some players to build with here but like i said i assume that you're probably going to work with the players from georgia to really be your core and then have everyone else complement and fill their roles accordingly but it'll be really interesting to see who kind of rises up you know leads on offense leads on defense i think defense we kind of know who will probably lead on defense at least you know uh, physical ability wise but on offense you know you gotta score to win right uh, at least a touchdown so it will be interesting to see how that goes 
for them. I'm not as concerned about them as uh, I am probably a little bit on defense. I think on defense, they'll be solid. On offense, we'll see who steps up. You know, usually you have a quarterback, a couple receivers, maybe a nice little center check down option as well. And so that's really exciting for Bethel here. Uh, they got a program. They're starting out. They'll be playing teams nearby them. I mean, you know, it's it's a good basic recipe uh, to start out the season. To start out your program, really. You know, you're not traveling too much, so you don't have to worry about that. As in traveling, like, you know, to the other side of the country to play teams in Florida or even go to Campbellsville to play teams there. You know, you're focusing on your conference for now. And then, obviously, I assume they're going to go to the national and their conference tournament here eventually and so we'll see how they do in the KCAC. Now let's begin to move back out east here and make a stop here in Kentucky and talk about Campbellsville. Uh, like I said they are based out in Kentucky the first program that is out there uh, so that'll obviously help out the likes of Milligan who are in Tennessee there but they are a very interesting program here. Uh, let's start with their head coach. So Chris Kidwell will be their first head coach of this women's flag football program. Um, actually played for the university from 1989 to 92 and then coached at Campbellsville High for around 10 years and has a lot of experience in administration during that time as well. Also coached in Europe, I believe, at some point, which is really interesting. So a lot of experience for this first year head coach to uh, head this uh, first season of this program and so let's talk about their schedule I mean they play a number of different teams here they open the season against Kansas Wesleyan on March 2nd in Tennessee actually so they start out on the road but it's not Kansas Wesleyan's home uh, stadium obviously and so that'll be a really interesting neutral site game to watch and then they go ahead and play a number of KCAC teams including Kansas Wesleyan like I said Midland on March 4th and Cotty College on March 15th but they also play Sun Conference teams as they are in the middle there they play Warner on March 14th 15th Thomas March 13th Weber on April 4th and March 14th and then St. Thomas on April 4th and so I know there are some games that I believe they will actually be playing in Kentucky and then they should be making a trip out to Florida uh, near the end of the season to play those teams there so love to see that but on top of that, you know, they are also playing a number of new programs as well. So a really good mix in their schedule, which I absolutely love. But they'll be playing Reinhardt once on March 2nd, another first-year program. And then they'll be playing two JUCOs or uh, junior colleges, I would say, two-year programs in Bryan and Shannon College. Uh, they play them actually three times and two are in Wisconsin where the college is. So that's going to be a really that'll be golly they're traveling a lot but that'll be a lot of traveling and a pretty fun trip i would imagine but they also play florida gateway i believe in florida and then they play milligan uh four times in three different states they play them in tennessee kentucky and georgia so yeah that's that's a lot you know but obviously you love to see them scheduling all these games because especially for this first year programs i mean you want to continue to expand your pipelines you want to give high school recruits and prospects a chance to see your team 
play live in action. See you, uh, coach, as well. Coach uh, live in action. That's never a bad thing, you know, going to all these different um, states to play football and all that great stuff. Also helps build the game, too. It's healthy for the game of women's flag football, I would say, and women's football in general. So there you go. A very good schedule i would say i'm a big fan of it a uh, lot of traveling which you know that is what they scheduled obviously you know it could always change but hopefully they do get to play all these teams because that should be really exciting to cover here but let's go ahead and talk about the roster here they have a very good roster 14 total players they got three florida players all from liberty high school which uh, uh shout out margarita pena who i believe made our all playmaker list last year that's her alma mater so there you go uh got a history of good football players from there then you have two from georgia one from tennessee and one from cali and then the rest of the roster is actually from kentucky which is really interesting because i don't believe kentucky has women's flag football on the high school level yet or at least maybe it's not official and so that's going to be really interesting to see how those players integrate here but they have plenty of players from florida and georgia who should be big time contributors and be the core of your program Let's go ahead and talk about the Georgia players first. First off, we got Marissa Rankin in her senior year for Northside High School. She, at quarterback, threw for 931 yards and 12 touchdowns, only four interceptions, while rushing for 176 yards and three rushing touchdowns. So very efficient there. But it will be interesting to see where she plays on the next level. It appears she was used at a couple of spots. Uh, and there should be, obviously, a competition for the starting quarterback position and maybe you know they roll out two quarterbacks and have that kind of be their system but we'll see what happens there but definitely a player to keep an eye on there obviously found success on the high school level we'll see what you could do here on the college level and then on top of that uh the other player from georgia is anaya showers here 75 tackles her senior year for dodge county when they won state so she's actually a state champion went 15 and won her senior season and was the lead tackler for her squad that is a really good addition to this defense first off you're adding a state champion you love to have that winning mentality championship dna all that great stuff and then on top of that i mean she was the top flag puller and so you're gonna have a consistent player to kind of look at to lead this defense potentially here in showers and so there you go two good georgia players to potentially work with but let's talk about the florida prospects specifically from liberty high school uh let's start with yanelli kiros uh, like I said, if I'm saying your name wrong, I apologize. Please reach out to us uh, or me personally, whatever, and uh, let me know how to say that because uh, I want to make sure I say that right when I am covering y'all this season. But she looked to be the primary quarterback for Liberty uh, back in high school. She was a four-year starter for that squad, both on offense and defense. She is a defensive back as well. But from watching her film, which by the way, Shout out Liberty High School and their YouTube channel. I really love that they put together a good film on, um, you know, prospects that wanted to play on the next level. And it's available on their YouTube channel. And it's very well put together uh, with stats and high, uh, all that great stuff. You know, really love seeing that. That is good stuff. So shout out Liberty there. But after taking a look at her little highlight reel there, 
I mean, it's obvious she's a smart football player. Sounds like she's going to play very within her, or looks like she's going to play very within herself, not do too much, you know, keep the chains moving. That's what matters. Um, but it will be interesting to see where she plays on this level. She also played DB as well um, and, you know, was moved around quite a bit, I would say, on defense. So there you go. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out, if she could potentially win this quarterback job or be a person that, you know, plays quarterback. But I do want to also mention that she's a very agile player, uh, very quick in short spaces, maybe not the best top end speed, but very quick could definitely make players miss. And like I said, move those chains, which is important here. But what is also important is chemistry. And she has that with the two other players who I believe are sisters, I want to say here, if I'm mistaken, you know, like I said, reach out, but they both have the same last name here, and that is Angeline and Annalise Beecher. Let me talk about Angeline here. So first things first, um, it's interesting. So on her highlight reel, she's listed at 6'2", and I could probably believe that she is very tall, but on the college uh, website, she's listed at 6 foot. So that's interesting. One of them has to be wrong, obviously, because uh, she looks really tall here. But, you know, regardless, she is listed at six foot as a DB wide receiver. And I believe right now she is the tallest player in women's flag football here on the collegiate level. Listed at six foot, but also has just a great wingspan as well. She has really long arms, which helps out her catch radius. But she's a very imposing athlete, I would imagine. And just watching her film, she is an absolute beast of a player. Great jump ball receiver. Uh, her catch radius is just simply unmatched. I mean, look, this is a player that's going to go ahead, make catches through contact. You know, it doesn't matter how close you are covering her. If it's a good ball and it's put just outside, she has long enough arms to just go ahead and reach that. Makes a lot of great hands catches, uh, I would say, as well. Uh, just a great catch radius. I mean, just throw it her way and she's going to come down with the football because she's just going to be physically better and stronger than some of these other athletes you know uh looking around the col the collegiate world here the world of women's college flag football you know you have kennedy foster who's 5'11 i know uh ottawa has a player in tatiana dos santos who's listed at 5'11 but i don't think either of those players are taller than angeline here and so that is tough you'll love to see that she's gonna be really fun to watch but she just made plays plays you know just being physically stronger and bigger and taller than all these other players that is going to be big time and uh you know she will obviously push for a spot on our all freshman list at the end of the season or i would imagine she would so we'll see about that but just a great pass catcher to be adding on here on top of that she actually moves really well laterally, laterally and has pretty good top-end speed. Like, she could get out there and burn some players. Uh, just big, long strides, which you absolutely love. Uh, just a very smooth runner, I would say. Very good athlete. And so not only is she tall, but she can move extremely well. And so that's going to be a mismatch for sure. She should definitely be an issue on the next level. I imagine she's going to play probably DB and wide receiver. But, I mean, 
I'm just saying, if you're in the red zone and you don't know what to call, I would say a fade route is not the bad thing. How Who's going to stop her, right? So we'll see. Um, that will be really fun to watch. It should, oh, I'm so excited to watch her play football over there. And so that should be big time. But I do want to shout out uh, Annalise here as well. She's actually the second tallest player on the team listed at 5'9", but um, just an all-around great athlete played quarterback wide receiver safety corner of Fort Liberty back in high school here I mean she is a very good athlete I would say she has a very good ball skills like her sister obviously doesn't have the wingspan or the catch radius uh, quite like her but you know very good hands very reliable hands and even though she's not as tall I would say she has really good speed and agility to make up for it. Definitely somebody who could be a chain mover, really work in between those hashes there, you know, on those drags and short routes and make something happen after the catch. And so I really am excited to see this duo here. But on top of that, um, well, I'm excited to see them on offense. But on top of that, I'm excited to see them on defense as well, as she's a very good contributor there. I mean, there were a number of players on her reel where she just reads the play and forces the turnover. Like, she's not waiting for the ball to come to her. She's not waiting for the other team to make a mistake, really. I mean, she really is aggressive and jumps those routes and has excellent ball skills. Like I said, can't emphasize that enough and then she has the speed to return it to the house as well and so she's going to be a real tough defender to have there i mean a taller receiver or sorry a taller db that moves extremely well and could play man could play zone um play person to person i mean and just do her thing walk down her side of the field you know you don't come around that every day and so should be a big part of the team regardless of the position she plays and so really excited about this Campbellsville team I think they have a really good core I'm excited to see Angeline and Annalise Beecher play I'm excited to see the Georgia players play uh Yanelli as well I mean I think this is a squad that has a really good group of experienced flag football players from high school and then now you add on some good athletes from Kentucky here uh, who they could help mentor and coach and all that great stuff I think you got a pretty good recipe to have have a very successful season here as they will be playing a lot of teams so let's talk storylines i guess i mean storylines for all of these first year programs how good can they be in their first year right is this a program that could reach thomas levels of success as in go to the national championships year one uh in my opinion no because thomas was extremely stacked they were like 10 15 deep it felt with like all conference all state uh players from florida so they were extremely tough plus they had a head coach who also coached women's like football for a long time and went to a couple of state championships which is something that this coach uh obviously hasn't done being from campbellsville here and so there are some questions there but you know they should have a good season it will be interesting to see how they fare against some teams how some of these players from kentucky do i'm i'm really interested to see if uh you know or if or who which ones of these players from kentucky could really turn up and be a star for the squad so that's something to definitely look out for and on top of that you know the travel will the travel be too much you know i mean it is a lot i think they are probably 
they're the program that's going to be traveling the most out of anybody in the entire country. And so we'll see how that goes, how well they do on the road, how well they play at home, all of that great stuff. A lot of questions here, but definitely a lot of excitement for a program that, you know, has some really good players for this squad. So we'll see what happens for them. Alright, now let's talk about the last program here in Reinhardt University out in Georgia. Uh, coached by head coach Tony Fuller. A 16-year playing career where she's basically playing football year-round. She would play flag football and then switch to tackle there uh, just so that she would basically stay ready, you know, year-round. And so a lot of experience here. Uh, most recently, by the way, played for the Alabama Fire in the WNFC uh, earning All-Pro honors as a linebacker in 2021. So just throwing that out there. On top of that, also won gold as a member of that 2017 uh, IFAF tackle team. IFAF, that's International uh, Federation of American Football, I want to say. So there you go. They're, they play teams from uh, all over the world. And then she also was the first woman to coach football at the Cobb County School District. Uh, in 2019 and 2020 as a running backs coach, I believe. And as of right now, is actually also pursuing a doctorate's degree. I I want to say it's philosophy, uh, more specifically counselor education. So good for her, a very smart person in general, uh, player slash coach who's been around the game for a really long time. She knows what it takes to succeed, both on the field and off the field, I would say as well so i really admire that and so uh, honestly just a great coach to have in general first year coach for a first year program uh really love this fit and hire here for reinhardt now let's go ahead and talk about their schedule so they actually open against milligan i believe at home on February 23rd, uh, they'll also play the March 2nd in Tennessee. So at the time this episode comes out, they'll be playing them here in a couple days, I believe. So that should be really exciting. Now let's talk about the teams they'll play multiple times. So outside of Milligan, they'll play them multiple times, obviously. But they'll also play St. Thomas and Campbellsville more than once this season. And then they will play uh, an in-state team, the only other team in Georgia, in Thomas. That'll be at Campbellsville. And so that'll be the first matchup between two Georgia College flag teams here. So that'll be really fun uh, to watch there. And then they'll also play contenders here in Ottawa and Kaiser. Uh, play Ottawa April 8th and then Kaiser is April 1st. So a pretty good mix of teams they are playing here. Uh, no, well outside of Ottawa there are no KCAC teams but you know if you're gonna play one Ottawa might as well be that one. Uh, they'll also play teams like Warner, Florida Memorial as well. I, I don't believe they are actually in the Sun Conference, but obviously they're close enough to Florida to go ahead and play those teams. So a very mixed schedule here, which I am a pretty big fan of, just being able to see them play a number of teams. Uh, I am going to throw this out there. You know, power rankings are not everything, but if they were to move up, I'm looking at some of these key matchups here. Ottawa, Kaiser, Thomas, Jesus. Those are all the national contenders, I just realized. That's tough. Um, you know, getting a win against one of those would obviously be huge, especially 
especially Thomas, because you know you'll be uh, competing for recruits uh, with Thomas in that state. So that's going to obviously be a big game there. And then, you know, you have St. Thomas, you have all the Florida teams as well, who you will be uh, competing for recruits as well so you know a lot of really good games scheduled here really excited for that love that they're also playing a first year program in Campbellsville a couple of times which I think will be a really fun matchup um, love the Milligan matchup as well so some very interesting games but let's go ahead and talk about their roster they have a very healthy roster of 18 players with only two of them from Florida technically uh, one of them is uh, Talia Williams from Somerset Academy and then I would consider her from Florida I think originally she's from Georgia though in Amani Lindsay she's actually transferring from St. Thomas I forgot to mention that but um, that'll be a big time add-on a player who has seen you know a very good successful program uh, and you know could contribute some of that to this culture here in Reinhardt uh, back home in Georgia so that'll be really interesting to see what she could what those two could contribute to this team and then they also have one player from Panama you know that Panama flag football team when they won it all at the Pro Bowl last year that was big time all those players are basically recruited to some of the best in the country. And so for Reinhardt to get one of those players is absolutely huge. And that is Adriana Bruce Meyer. Um, like I said, coming from Panama with that elite squad that won it all. She'll be bringing some really good experience. Never could go wrong with players from Panama, to be honest with you. So really uh, love to see an international player on this list now the two other players i do want to highlight here mostly uh, just because i'm not going to go down the line and talk about every single player i'll talk about them as they make plays this season though but i want to highlight ashlyn mckinley and joelle jarrett those were actually two players that we broke down the film of on episode 152 last year and so if you want to see more i guess information about them Go ahead and check out that episode. I'll basically give you the brass tacks of it. Uh, Ashlyn McKinney, um, sorry, McKinley, quarterback here, good dual threat, you know, could run with the football, is really agile, uh, has shown that she has a pretty solid arm and whatnot, make really good throws. Uh, just a little bit raw, you know, but... I think with another year of working and I mean this is only like her third year of flag football as well I think she could be a really good starter for this team moving forward potentially so we will see what happens also want to throw out there um great GPA uh great leader and all that stuff all great things about Ashlyn McKinley here uh, that'll add to this program and then you got Joelle Jarrett who has a very elite ball skills really really impressed by what I saw on film there made a ton of interceptions I think she's listed as a DB for Reinhardt here so that'll be really fun here um, my only downside was that I couldn't find a lot of offensive film because I think she would be really good on offense as well but you know what it is what it is uh, I mean she's a great athlete regardless with really good hands She's for sure going to play on defense, and I think she's going to be an elite DB for that squad, to be honest with you. But we'll see if uh, maybe she pulls a Dion and maybe plays on the other side 
as well. But definitely both players that uh, if you want to check out that episode, go ahead and I talk about them more in depth there. And then I do want to shout out uh, Janiah Williams and Tatiana Alacock from Grayson High School which is the same high school that Ashlyn McKinley is coming from. Uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, they're coming from a squad that won 10-4 and four their senior year. And so, uh, you know, had a really good year that year for them. So those three players will be coming to Reinhardt here and bringing in some really good experience. And so, honestly, I am pretty high on Reinhardt. I like the players that they're bringing in. They're bringing in a lot of experience. I love the Brustmeyer, Adriana Brustmeyer uh, addition from Panama. I love that they're recruiting a lot from Georgia here, getting Imani Lindsay to, you know, transfer from St. Thomas back home. That'll be big. And so it'll be really interesting to see how well they do. They play a pretty strong schedule i think they are potentially the only team in the country that will be playing four or five teams from the top five i don't know if anybody else in the country is going to be playing that many top five teams uh, as many top five teams as them and so it's going to be tough it's going to definitely be a trial by fire but they're also playing some newer programs some programs that struggled last year you know to really gain some confidence and get things going and uh you know oil that machine here as they go on and get better and so uh, just really interesting to see how they stack up, not only with the newer programs, but with the best in the country. And I think we're going to get that answer a lot sooner than later uh, compared to the rest of these other programs, to be completely fair and honest with you. And that's fun, you know, that's going to be really fun to watch just to see where they're at, you know. And, you know, they're they're a first-year program, so I wouldn't say there's a lot of pressure on them to be great automatically but, you know, if you could steal some wins here and there, you know, really get some momentum going by the time you get into the national tournament, because I don't believe they will be in a conference tournament here. Um, Campbellsville won't either, I believe, uh, because they're not in a major conference that has multiple women's flag football programs. That'll be big. You know, if they could really get going before that national tournament, get some momentum, that'll be big, especially considering that they don't have a conference tournament. Uh, so just keep that in mind, not only for them, but for Campbellsville as well. But should be a fun program. Really love their head coach. Um, I really respect what she's done for the game. And I really like this roster as well. We'll see what Georgia football can do once more. All right, but there you go. Those are all the season previews there. Uh, before I talk about this uh, first game of the 2021 season, there were a number of other programs that I looked into, but I don't believe are NAIA programs. Um, just shouting out Atlantis, Fort Lauderdale, and all that. And then obviously you have your JUCOs as well. I'll probably still talk about them. I still will review them if I am able to watch those streams or see articles. And I could relay that information on how those games go. So there you go. But let's go ahead and talk about the season opener not only in the Sun Conference, but in the entire country here. February 15th, 2023. We got St. Thomas versus Warner to kick this thing off. Uh, two really good programs from the Sun Conference here. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about this game. Let's recap this game. 
So to start here, St. Thomas would actually have the ball here to start this game. But, you know, still uh, some rust here that they're trying to shake off here. They actually go three and out. There's about 8 minutes 55 seconds left here in the first quarter. And so Warner takes over. And on the first play of the game, they want to get a big gain here. And so Madison Tingen drops back, throws a deep. But it is honestly just a bad decision, a bad mistake, as it was in double coverage. I believe this is to Cynthia Homs here. And to Shumbo Washington gets her first interception of the season already. The first pick of the entire season here. And gets them just across midfield with about 8 minutes 48 seconds left here. Already showing that if you're going to throw it, we're going to make you pay. You know, you really can't throw her away there. And like I said, you know, some rust that you're shaking off and whatnot. They're not, ex both teams aren't exactly in midseason form right now. But, you know, there are just some things that you got to learn. And so that is a learning opportunity there. And Deshumba Washington getting a big first play here to go ahead and get St. Thomas the ball. Just like that. And so here we go on first down. Julian Yolkowski at quarterback uh, goes ahead and takes a deep shot to Tyler Bryant, who is in 1v1 here. It actually looks like uh, Bryant here gets a step, but the ball is definitely a little bit underthrown here and is broken up by freshman number 23, Ana Vincenzini, I want to say. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, by the way, from another player from Panama who uh, had a big impact on this game. But she goes ahead and breaks this one up. Honestly, she almost intercepts this one uh, because that's how underthrown this ball was. So like I said, still trying to uh, shake off some of that rust here. But no worries here. Jada Graham, who, by the way, played quarterback two years ago, has now switched to wide receiver DB, is about a year removed from her knee injury recovery. So she is back healthy for this season. She goes ahead and catches a nice ball on the curl route, making it a very manage manageable third and three. And so on third down, Jules Yolkowski, she feels the pressure. She goes ahead and dumps it off to her check down here, who unfortunately just drops it. It just looks like a concentration uh, drop, to be honest with you. And so that brings up fourth and four, and they are going for it because they are already basically past midfield just a couple yards past midfield here but unfortunately there's a high snap it hits the ground there's no fumbles and flag football that's a dead ball so warner takes over just like that the interception didn't quite kill them uh as much there and so here we go six minutes left in the first quarter madison tingen tries to hit this little deep uh, dig route here it's Almost picked, but it ends up just being deflected. Really good defense by St. Thomas here to start out. But doesn't matter. She goes ahead and hits Anna Vincenzini uh, on this little curl route that gives them a first down and also gets them past midfield, gets them going here. A couple plays later, she would eventually find Amari Logan for a first down that would go ahead and put Warner in the red zone for the first time uh, this game and this season. But unfortunately, another couple plays later, a low pass to Andrea Castillo brings up third and 15. And so on third down, Madison Tingen, she takes a shot into the red zone down the left sideline. 
but it is slightly overthrown. On top of that, it was well covered too, so she would have had to throw an absolutely perfect pass to even fit it in, so there you go. And so, there you go. Uh, th that was third down. It's now fourth down in the red zone. They're trying to get a score here. They go ahead and they call, it looks like a similar route concept on the other side here, and so Tingent throws it down the right sideline. But it is thrown out the back of the end zone. Just a little overthrown here. Very well covered. And so St. Thomas takes over. Uh, playing good defense here, by the way, so far. And so here we go. Julianne Yulkowski. She passes it to Kayla Alvarez on a nice little out route. Who then pitches it to Tyler Bryant. Who goes ahead and picks up the first down on play one of this drive. After that... Yulkowski, she finds Jada Graham over the middle on a nice little dig route, making it a pretty manageable second and three. And then right before the quarter ends, Yulkowski drops back, finds Kaylee Miller, sidearms this little throw over the middle. I'd like to see that. A uh, nice little throw here. Uh, and finds Miller over the middle for a first down as they go ahead and pass midfield as the quarter ends. And so here we go, second quarter. They go ahead and sub Jada Graham here at quarterback. Like I said, she played a little bit of quarterback in the first year of this program. But they go ahead, put her in quarterback. She runs a quarterback keeper up the middle, gets a couple yards. It's second and five. Uh, she stays in. They run a power option here. Um, she would pitch it to a running back, Faradez. That would bring up third and three, so pretty manageable. But they go ahead and put Yulkowski back in here on third down. And here on third down, Warner brings the heat. But uh, Yulkowski plays it well. Under pressure, cool, calm, collected, evades the rusher and runs up the middle. But Warner playing really good defense and having really good flag pulling. Pulls her flag uh, actually a little bit short of the line of scrimmage. And so she is stopped for a loss bringing up a fourth and five here now they are across the midfield they're about on the edges of the red zone so just keep that in mind here and so Yulkowski drops back here on fourth and five tries to check it down to Kayla Alvarez but it is deflected a great play by Amari Logan who saw this a little early jumps it and gets Warner the football back and so here we go there's nine minutes 37 seconds left uh, just about in the second quarter Tingen has two straight incompletions that bring up third and 16. Just not super accurate passes there. But she eventually finds Jenna Marrero on a short little out route that makes it a bit more manageable. A fourth and 10 situation, which they have already decided they are going for. And so here we go. It's fourth and 10. Madison Tingen gets St. Thomas to jump off sides with the hard count, making it a nice fourth and five situation here and so here we go it's fourth and five pretty manageable madison tingent drops back aims for an out route but a saint thomas defender i believe it's jada graham jumps this route and gets a great deflection getting the ball back high key it was really almost pick sixth right there uh, but it wasn't and it was deflected and so saint thomas takes over just a little bit past midfield with about 730 left first down it's an incompletion Second down, um, Yulkowski is forced out the pocket. She has to throw a tough ball. Warner plays great defense, and they force an incompletion there. And so here we go. It's third down. Uh, Yulkowski, once again, under pressure, goes to Tyler Bryant, throwing a great ball 
but unfortunately, um, it is just dropped. And so that brings up fourth down and St. Thomas there forced to punt. So a three and out there. And so here we go. Six minutes. Warner, they're trying to get something going here. Madison Tingent, she finds Amari Logan uh, on a quick hitter play here, making it second and 15. After that, Tingent goes back to Logan on the curl route, which was really close, but Tingent gets it there on time. And Logan gets free and goes ahead and gets the first down before her flag is pulled. So love to see that. The chains are moving here. And then Homs would actually get her first reception here on a curl route for about 10 yards, making it second and seven. Like I said, her first reception in this game here in the second quarter, midway through the second quarter here. She has been targeted, but, you know, uh, they are definitely playing really good defense on her and not allowing her to get any big plays. But she gets a nice 10-yard play, making it second and seven. After that, Tinjin pump fakes and tries to scramble. Uh, gets about two yards, so it's third and five. They're about near midfield at this point here. Uh, so there you go. And so here we go. Third and five, Tingen. She goes ahead and goes back to Mari Logan, number 24, by the way, on the curl route. But Jada Graham just plays really aggressive defense here. And they call, you know, they call her for a penalty. I believe it's either pass interference or holding. Um, no matter what, though, Warner gets a first down. And so they go past midfield. So uh, kind of tough there if you are Jada Graham. But I like the aggressiveness. And so here we go after uh, that first down penalty and they are past midfield. Tingen takes a shot downfield, but Jada Graham makes her pay and gets a huge interception. But unfortunately, they call roughing the passer on St. Thomas's rusher Leon here. And so Warner gets a little bit of a break because that felt like a backbreaker there with that interception and so instead of an interception you know that penalty actually puts warner in the red zone now so a big change of events but regardless warner they are back in the red zone uh, and so here's how it goes down tingent those a quick out route to vincencini here for a gain of about 10 yards right before the two minute warning um, by the way, that goes for our first down. And so here we go. Fresh set of downs. Oh, so I believe I misspoke. Sorry. They were on the edge of the red zone. And then that out route got them into the red zone. So there you go. But a fresh set of downs in the red zone. It's a first down. Tingent. She finds Cynthia Homs over the middle. Goes for a minimum gain. Really good flag pulling by St. Thomas here. And then after that, uh, Tingent once again throws over the middle. It looks like the receiver... Gets her hands on the football. She's about to land and establish possession. But really good defense by freshman Dominique Parks. Who gets her hand in there and aggressively rips that one away. Forcing an incompletion. That's an excellent breakup there. I really want to give that uh, some a little bit of a spotlight there. Because it really looked like it was about to be an easy touchdown. But love how Parks goes ahead and fights through it you know and makes it an incompletion so there you go there but now it is third and goal here on third down tingent goes ahead and it looks like those maybe a fade route maybe it's an out route to amari logan 
doesn't matter jada graham is there uh and she plays really good defense and so that makes it fourth down after that incompletion and so warner they go ahead and take a timeout by the way there's about a minute 25 here before this fourth down play and so here we go fourth down warner in the red zone for the second time goes ahead and drops back madison tension who throws an accurate just a dot here low pass to number 43 that's andrea castillo for her first career receiving touchdown uh by the way but regardless the first touchdown of this 2023 campaign uh brings in a tough one through really good coverage here uh to get them on the board and then on the extra point tingent pump fakes finds logan over the middle on a diving pass making it seven to zero with 121 left here in this second quarter and first half and so here we go we have saint thomas they're trying to move down the field they do get a first down here um where yolkowski finds her running back i believe faradez over the middle so there you go but there's about 28 seconds left but then Yulkowski finds number 12, Keely Miller, on a nice little deep shot down the right sideline for a first down pass midfield. That goes for about 20 yards or so. But eventually, they have to throw it up on a Hail Mary. Number 24 for Warner. Amari uh, Logan closes in on this ball, intercepts it, sends his game into halftime. By the way, that is her first career interception as well. So there you go. 7-0 Warner going into halftime over St. Thomas. Okay, and so here in the third quarter, Warner starts with the ball here. Tingen does find a couple receivers here for a short gain. Uh, specifically, she found Trinity Kieran on a drag route, who got a nice gain of about, of about 10 or so yards, maybe a little bit more, and a first down to really get this thing going here. Um, but eventually, a couple plays later, it is third and long. Um, it's been all incompletions leading up to this play here. And so here we go on third down. She throws the curl route to Amari Logan, who gets a nice 5 or 10 yards, making it a more manageable fourth and four here close to midfield. And so here we go. Warner decides to go for a tinge and throws it over the middle. And it looks like number 10, uh, Myerly uh, Kayon, I want to say, intercepts it for St. Thomas. But instead, it's dropped and it's broken up. Still, though, it's St. Thomas ball with 8.43 left in the third quarter. All right, so here in the third, Julianne Yulkowski finds Tyler Bryant on a nice curl route, uh, who goes ahead and gets a nice 10 or so yards, making it second and eight. Then it's third down after great pressure from this Warner defense. But right before they are able to run a play on third down, they do get Warner to jump off sides with the count. So it makes it a more manageable third and three. And so here we go. Third and three. Julian Yokowski drops back and finds Jada Graham on the slant. Who, by the way, makes a really nice snag. The ball was a little bit behind her. But she makes a nice snag and gets enough yardage to go ahead and not only get them the first down, but put them in the red zone so here we go in the red zone jewels she finds number zero maya salas on the check down over the middle who goes ahead and makes somebody miss and gets a nice five or so yards here uh moving the ball and the chain well not the chains but moving the ball here and then jewels then finds number 12 kaylee miller for a nice five yard gain making it a more manageable third and two and then to go ahead and end the drive 
Julianne Yolkowski finds Jada Graham on a nice little drag route, um, and she goes ahead. Graham goes ahead and dives uh, for the end zone here for the first STU touchdown of the season, making it seven to six. Now Yolkowski tries to find Tyler Bryant, but number twenty-three Vincenzini on the extra point makes a great deflection and allows Warner to keep the seven to six lead and not have uh, St. Thomas tie it up. And so here we go. It is Warner football here. And a couple plays later, it is uh, basically third down. And Tinjin, she's trying to run around. And I think she's doing a little bit too much here. And throws a bit of an ill-advised throw almost directly to Jada Graham, who drops a potential pick six. But regardless, Warner is forced to punt it going three and out. Uh, Jada Graham was really big time on this drive here. Uh, almost got a deflection on every uh, play on this drive. So there you go. St. Thomas gets the ball back here right before the third quarter. And here's how it goes down. First things first, sorry. Deshumba Washington gets them a nice return that does get them past midfield to start. Um, right before the fourth quarter. And so here we go. Here's what happens. Uh, Yolkowski checks down to Salas, who gets maybe about a yard or two. Still, though, it's second down. It wasn't a loss. After that, Yolkowski finds Tyler Bryant on a nice curl route. That gets them a couple more yards, maybe four or five. And so here we go. It's like third and long. And that's when Yolkowski finds Tiffany Walker on a quick hitter curl route, who then gets them another five yards to end the third quarter. And so going into the fourth quarter, uh, St. Thomas has the ball. It's fourth down. They're kind of on the edge of the red zone. And so they go ahead and decide to go for it here. But unfortunately, uh, they go ahead and they call the refs, I mean, calls a false start on St. Thomas, which makes this a lot longer than it needs to be. But regardless, St. Thomas decides to go for it. And here is what happens. Wilkowski drops back. She sees Tyler Bryden 101 uh, running deep on a nice little vertical route. And she has a step, throws it. But this ball is maybe an inch overthrown just out of the reach of Tyler Bryant, who probably would have scored if she was able to get her hands on it. And so that's a turnover on downs here. And so here we go. Warner has the ball. They do have the lead as well, but not exactly a comfortable lead. They're only leading by one. So ideally, they want to score at least one more time to potentially win this. And so here's what happens. Um, they go ahead and throw it to Cynthia Holmes. Makes a nice sideline catch and gets them a first down crossing midfield. That went for about 10 or 15 or so. After that, Tingen throws it to the flat to Jenna Marrero, who goes ahead and makes a couple people miss and gets a nice 10 yards here. Nice gain, bringing up a good second down. And then here on second down, it, it looks like a QB-designed run for Tingen, but she is dropped by Lanaya Leon, who goes ahead and stops her for a loss. And so it's now third down here. And on third down, Tingen throws it to Marrero, who's in the flat. By the way, who's also played quarterback, and Marrero launches it deep to Anna Vincenzini, but Tashamba Washington is there to make a play, makes a great pass deflection, bringing up fourth down here. Very clean pass deflection, by the way. And so here we go, fourth down, they call something pretty similar here, Tingen has it, uh, then she passes it to Marrero, who then tries to 
throw it or tries to run and then throw it but the ball is low and hits the ground and so just like that st thomas takes over avoiding warner from um you know getting a longer a bigger lead here and so here we go plenty of time left eight minutes 17 seconds after the drop pass it is second down and on second down Yolkowski finds Salas in the flats who gets a nice gain here of about seven yards making it a good third and four situation then she goes ahead and goes back to Kaylee Miller on an inside curl route that gives them the first down and also puts them past midfield here so here we go STU is moving uh, Yolkowski once again then finds Bryant for a gain of five on the curl uh, after that, Yolkowski is blitzed by two Warner players and gets it out fast deep to Miller here. Tries to take a shot, but it is slightly overthrown once again, so it's third and 15. Really good pressure by Warner here, forcing this throw early. And so here we go. Jules, uh, Julian Yolkowski tries to hit Tyler Bryant on the drag route but it is late and it's also kind of thrown behind her as well and so that makes it fourth down Jokowski drops back tries to hit Kaylee Miller on the out route but Warner comes up and pulls the flag just a little bit short here and that forces a turnover on downs and so here we go Warner once again plenty of time to ice this game uh continue to Put this one away here there's about four minutes eight seconds left and here's what happened tingent finds vincentini on the curl route for a nice 10 yard gain after that she takes a shot deep on second down uh trying to go for uh you know the dagger or the home run ball here but Tashumba washington wins this 1v1 matchup and soars skies for a big time interception her second of the day to kill this warner drive and give st thomas another opportunity to take the lead here and so here's what happens there's about three minutes 18 seconds left Yolkowski finds jada graham in the flat who sprints for a nice gain making it second and ten she gets about 10 yards after that, Yolkowski feels the pressure, checks it down to Maya Salas, who goes ahead and makes a player miss with a nice little dip move, and then gets the first down past midfield. And then right before they uh, run the play on that first down, there's a two-minute warning here. And so, out of the two-minute warning, Jules, uh, Julian Yolkowski rolls out right and launches a bomb to Jada Graham, who has a step and catches this one in stride for a big time reception almost scores here but is marked just short here as her flag was pulled and so now just like that st thomas is in the red zone after that huge play and then here's what happens yokowski checks it to the solace uh with the pressure in her face by the way who still catches it gains a short gain of yards uh not losing any yards on that play and then on second down yokowski finds solace again but this time on the out route this goes for a nice solid gain. And so here we go. It's third down uh, with about, I would say, 58 seconds left here. They go ahead and call a timeout before this play. And so here is what happened. Jokowski drops back. And then she finds Kaylee Miller on the drag route. Really threads the needle. Throws a dot to the end zone. And that allows St. Thomas to take the 12 to seven lead here and so just like that st thomas takes the lead makes the comeback here 
with just under a minute left. And then on the extra point, St. Thomas does try to go for two, but it's overthrown. It looks like it was a fade route here to Tyler Bryant. But regardless, they still have the 12-7 lead with about 56 seconds left. And so Warner trying to win this game here. Uh, they go ahead and have Tingent throw the drag route to Trinity Kieran, who gets a minimum amount of yardage. And at this point, they are going no huddle. After that, Tingent then throws the out route to Amari Logan, who gets out of bounds, which stops the clock. And that also goes for a first down. There's about 33 seconds left. After that, Tingent rolls out left, throws it to Trinity Kieran. And unfortunately, this one is dropped, so the clock stops once again. 27 seconds left. Then, Tingent finds Cynthia Homs, goes ahead and gets a nice 5-yard gain on the curl route before stepping out of bounds. Um, and then a timeout is taken. Uh, before this third down opportunity here and so here on third down Tingen she then feels pressure and is forced left here and throws it the ball is slightly high on this throw and it's I believe it's over the middle but the receiver ultimately drops it she got her hands on it so another drop there and so now it is fourth down here on fourth down Tingen then takes a shot downfield but Washington is there and she almost intercepts it, but she decides to just bat it down. And that would be the end of this game. St. Thomas coming back and winning a gritty game here against Warner. 12-7. to I do want to shout out Jada Grayman to Shumble Washington. I would say those are the players of the game. And this one, Jada Graham, uh, I had to have been the lead receiver. And she also had that first touchdown. And then to Shumble Washington, two interceptions in this game to start out another great campaign here. As St. Thomas starts out 1-0 after this one. Alright, now let's talk about the other game on this day. We got Florida Memorial versus kaiser and florida memorial will start with the ball here haley stanton the transfer from midland here in at quarterback here's how it goes down uh second down she checks down to kayla mcduffie who does get them a first down making some people miss after that stanton finds erica johnson uh twice on two quick hitter hitch routes that gets them a couple yards then she makes a lot of players miss and that would get them a first down past midfield on that second uh, hitch route throw. So there you go. After that, Stanton checks down to McDuffie again, who makes a couple people miss on the nice game for about seven or eight. After that, Stanton throws to Lonisha Howell, who then attempts the double pass. But unfortunately, this pass goes out of bounds. So it's third down here. Here on third down, Stanton then finds uh, Ronisha Gibbs on the comeback route for a solid gain, but it is fourth down here. They're right on the edge of the red zone, not quite there yet, but they are approaching it. And so here on fourth down, they go for it. Stanton tries to hit the post route, but it's a little bit too high. And so that is a turnover on downs, and Kaiser takes over with 6.55 left in the game. Or well left in the first quarter, excuse me there. But anyways, here Kaiser on the first play. Roden tries to go deep to Chloe Griffin, but she is not quite able to bring in this pass. So it's an incompletion. Second down, Roden scrambles here, but her flag is pulled quickly. Just at about the line of scrimmage by Deja Fanning. And so now it is third down. 
Roden on third down goes deep and finds Kennedy Foster, who's in one-on-one, -on -one, up the seam for a huge 20-yard-ish gain for the first down across midfield. So love seeing that connection per usual, looking strong once again this year. After that, Roden then rolls out right and makes a beautiful throw here to Marissa Rubino, who catches a good ball on the sideline to put them in the red zone. And just like that, they are in the red zone with a fresh set of downs. Uh, that play went for about 20, but then right after that, Roden on fire finds some Rubino on the drag route, who walks it in for a touchdown, and Kaiser gets a really fast 6-0 lead here. Now, uh, Roden on the extra point tries to loft it up to Kennedy Foster but it is slightly overthrown here but they do call a hold on Florida Memorial so that gives Kaiser another chance and so on this chance Roden then finds Kennedy Foster on the drag route who goes ahead and walks it in and so Kaiser now leads 7-0 with about three minutes left here in the first quarter. Now on this next drive, Kaiser plays really good defense. On first down, they go ahead and cover a screen call here. Um, it was incomplete, but they covered it really well. It's better that it was incomplete anyways, to be honest. Then on second down, they go ahead and bring the pressure and sack Haley Stanton, who was sacked just a half second too slow uh, getting the ball out there. So there you go, just like that, it's third down. And then on third down, Kaiser, just with really good coverage, forces Stanton to take the check down as they do bring the pressure, which, you know, they would go ahead and bring uh, that player down, and that would basically force a three and out and a punt here. And so, there you go. Kaiser takes over back on offense with about a minute left here in the quarter. Kennedy Foster gets a nice return that does get them past midfield but a penalty thrown on kaiser would put them just maybe like a yard behind it so that's what happened going into the second quarter here and here in the second quarter uh jasmine roden being aggressive takes a deep shot here to the freshman sofia caprio but this pass is broken up here but unfortunately at least for FMU, they call a holding penalty on FMU, which goes ahead and moves Kaiser up here a couple yards. It's still a second down, though. And so on second down, Roden then finds Kennedy Foster on a nice out route, who goes and gets the first down, which would go ahead and put them in the red zone for the second time today. On first down, Roden then finds Adriana Rodriguez on the drag route, who gets a nice big chunk play off of, honestly, just bad flag pulling on this play. Gets about 15 yards or so. And then on second down here, Roden throws it to Rubino, or tries to, but it is well covered. It's also overthrown. Good pressure by Deja Fanning in Florida Memorial. So now it's third down here. Third down, Roden feels the pressure checks down and throws it over the middle here uh, to Adrian Rodriguez for a big time touchdown and just like that Kaiser now leads 13 to 0 um, and then in or during the extra point here Roden does really well against the pressure and throws a great ball to the corner for a conversion here making it a quick 14 to 0 lead 
just like that. Now FMU, they get back on the field after the three and out, trying to get something going here before this game gets a little out of hand. And so here's what happens. Stanton checks down to McDuffie, who gets 10 yards. That brings up second down. After that, Stanton is immediately blitzed, but she runs it up the middle and gets them a first down. Good reaction there to extend this drive. Uh, after that, she then throws the out route to Gibbs, who gets them a nice gain of 7 yards. And then on the following play, they call an, it looks like an RPO, and they try to take a shot, but it is deflected. It's really almost intercepted, but incomplete either way. So now it's third down here. On third down, Haley Stanton finds Ronisha Gibbs on a beautiful throw on what looks like to be a corner route here on time on the money and that would go ahead and give them a first down uh end pass midfield on a nice 15 plus yard gain so a really good throw on that one to extend this drive uh after that stanton fuels the pressure checks it down to mcduffie who goes ahead and gets a nice 10 or so yards um following that there's another check down that gets them a couple more yards but it is third and short and so here on third down uh, emma wagonman on the rush goes ahead and gets a big time sack here for kaiser that brings up fourth down here and fmu actually decides to punt it here uh even though they were kind of on the edge of the red zone once more not quite able being able to get into the red zone and hopefully score here and so kaiser gets the ball back with a minute 52 with the chance to go ahead and extend this lead and so here's what happened jasmine roden rolls out right but is feeling the pressure from deja she throws it deep uh, towards the right sideline, but it does end up being out of bounds. Second down here for Kaiser. Roden takes a shot over the middle. Looks like a little bit of a post route here by Kennedy Foster, but Ty Miluz Santos goes ahead and gets a pretty big uh, deflection here to go ahead and force a third down. So here we go. Third down. FMU brings some pressure here. Deja Fanning is trying to get after Roden, but she checks it down to Emma Wagman, who's just barely able to get the first down and extend this drive. Right after that, here on first down, Roden feels the pressure again from Deja Fanning, tries to shuffle past this one, but it is incomplete. So that brings up second down. Really good pressure by FMU, by the way, uh, here in this game. Anyway, second down, Jasmine Roden once again feels the pressure and tries to throw it on the run, but it is incomplete. Uh, basically just threw this one away. And so here we go. Third down with a minute left in the first half. Roden is able to evade Deja Fanning and is once again flushed out, but hits a wide open Adrian Rodriguez, who then drops it. It looks like just a concentration uh, drop, honestly, but that's a tough drop. It's fourth down. Kaiser decides to go ahead and punt it. There's about 30 seconds left here. Now, they try to get something going here. But unfortunately, they come up a bit short here and are not able to really, you know, score. They do get a first down. But other than that, that is it. And so there we go. Going into the second half of this game, Kaiser leads 14 to 0 over Florida Memorial. And to make things worse, Kaiser actually starts on offense here. Roden finds Rubino in the flat, who goes ahead and 
makes a nice run here. Gets them a first down to start this drive. After that, Roden finds Adriana Rodriguez on the out route, but it is a little bit behind her, so she has to kind of stop, and she's only able to get a couple of yards, which brings up second down here after the catch. And so here's second down, Roden then finds Marissa Rubino over the middle on a slant, making it a more manageable third down. And here on third down, Jasmine Roden scrambles out right, finds Chloe Griffin, who makes the diving catch here, but is marked just short here. And so here we go, it's fourth down, Kaiser decides to go ahead and punt it, uh, not wanting to give FMU great field position here. And so a good stop by FMU, they get the ball with about nine minutes left here in the third quarter. Haley Stanton goes out there and throws it to Howell, who then throws it uh, on the double pass to number nine, that is Taimilu Santos, who then hauls it in for the first down past midfield on a big 20 yard gain ish just about maybe a little bit more after that they do attempt another double pass howell finds santos once again for a nice gain making it a first down in the red zone so two big plays here goes ahead two big chunk plays goes ahead and puts them in the red zone just like that and then after that stanton throws it to howell again they're trying to you know really work the this two quarterback system this double pass here but she is then forced to check it down uh but unfortunately the pass is too low so it's just incomplete and so it's second down so second down they try to direct snap it to kayla mcduffie she gets it she runs it up the middle gets them a couple yards here making it third down in the red zone and so here we go, third down. Stanton tries to throw the comeback route, but it is really well covered. I believe it's Kennedy Foster out there who makes a play and deflects this one. And so now it is fourth down. And here on fourth down, Kaiser brings a bit of pressure. Haley Stanton evades, dances around, then tries to throw it to Kayla McDuffie here. But she's not quite able to catch this one and bring it in. And so that is a turnover on downs after a very promising drive here. Uh, so there you go. Now, there's about 4 minutes 21 seconds left here. Kaiser has a chance to extend this lead and pretty much put this one away here. And so here's what happens. A Jasmine Roden flushed out the pocket. She scrambles. And uh, gets a lot of yards here. Not only gets the first down, but gets a nice chunk play with about 15 plus yards or so. After that, throws the drag route to Marissa Rubino, who gets them just past midfield for another straight first down. And then after that, Rodon rolls out right, throws it deep to Chloe Griffin once again, really wanting this deep ball to Chloe Griffin. But unfortunately, the pass is out of bounds here. And I think part of that is because of the pressure FMU is getting on her all game long. But no worries, on second down, she finds Kennedy Foster over the middle on a really nice gain who gets them within five yards of the first down. To go ahead and convert here, she would throw to Adriana Rodriguez on the drag, who gets them that first down and puts them in the red zone again. Now, before we go into the fourth quarter, Rodin does throw to Rodriguez, who tries to pitch it to Rubino, but they call it an illegal forward pass, and so they do back them up a little bit here. Alright, now, the fourth quarter begins here. FMU trying to hold Kaiser out of the red zone so that they could potentially climb back into this one. And so here we go. Third down, Jasmine Roden forced to scramble right and tries to throw it, 
but it is thrown out the back of the end zone. Great pressure here by Florida Memorial and more specifically Deja Fanning, who is having a great game for her first career collegiate game here. Now, fourth down, Roden once again has to scramble, but goes left and then tries to pitch it back to her center or back here, but she drops it. And so just like that, that is a turnover on downs. FMU gets a good stop. Uh, and they get the ball here with about 9 minutes 35 seconds left. But before they could call a play, there is a penalty thrown on them pre-snap, which backs them up just a little bit. Following that penalty, Stanton tries to throw the out route, but it is a little too low, and so it's incomplete, making it second down. After that here, or well, here on second down, Stanton takes a shot deep down the left sideline here just really wanting a chunk play but Sydney Woodman for Kaiser gets a huge interception giving Kaiser the ball with about seven minutes left here and so seven minutes left first play after the pick Jasmine Roden drops back feels the pressure lofts up a really nice throw here a lot of air underneath this one deep here trying to find the freshman Sophia Caprio and Caprio just runs underneath this beautiful throw here a lot of speed on this one and catches her first career receiving touchdown from Jasmine Roden a beautiful ball here I gotta say just anticipates this one perfectly and puts a lot of air on it so that the freshman could go get it and so just like that Kaiser takes a 20 to 0 lead here um with about six minutes 40 seconds left they don't get the extra point uh Roden tries to pitch it but they are stopped short here and unfortunately that would basically be it here they would put in how uh, she would get them a first down but ultimately FMU is forced to punt it and then uh just like that they go ahead and run out the clock here and the game ends with about two minutes left uh, since they do have a 20 point lead and so kaiser wins a hard-fought game 20 to 0 i feel like this is another close game here where you know florida memorial they had their chances uh, they did have, I believe, that one red zone trip after those two huge double passes that they probably should have scored on. And then they were there were a couple drives where they didn't quite get into the red zone, but they were maybe a couple yards out uh, just on the edge of that, and they just weren't able to uh, honestly complete those drives. You know, they weren't able to finish those drives, and because of that, Kaiser was able to hold on and won 20-0. I do want to say player of the game uh, from this one is Jasmine Roden. Three touchdowns, three different receivers. She looked really sharp, and she was under duress all game, but made a lot of really good decisions, made some excellent throws, and, you know, that's why she was an MVP candidate last year. And so, really good game uh, from Kaiser. They'll take the 1-0 to start the season. FMU, they do play Weber on the same week, but I'll talk about that later. But let's go ahead and shift and talk about St. Thomas versus Thomas University on February 18th, 2023. Uh, season opener for both Thomas opening at home here. The defending Sun Conference champions 
here's how it went down here in the first quarter it is third and six after an incompletion and deflection st thomas has the football here and here's what happened julian yokowski takes a shot deep down the right sideline trying to get a big chunk play but giselle jones for thomas outruns the receiver and reaches out making a great hands catch here and snags an excellent interception and then returns it here and just like that thomas uh has the ball just past midfield here and so i i want to note this here on their first offensive drive a uh, daytona beach freshman alexa wilson is starting at quarterback instead of last year's starter shelby Hartley so really interesting here but she would be the starter for all of this game and so here's what happens uh Wilson to start throws a nice out route Nakara Brown who gets them a nice gain after that she then goes and finds Giselle Jones on the curl route who gets another couple yards making it about third and five or so and here on third down Lanaya Leon from St. Thomas applies the pressure and gets a nice deflection here forcing a fourth down and here on fourth down thomas decides to go for it and they try to throw it on the run here but unfortunately this ball was just incomplete uh and a little inaccurate and so saint thomas takes over thomas not quite being able to go ahead and make them pay for that previous turnover and so after an incompletion on first down as jada reese Per usual applies pressure forcing a quick throw yokowski tries to throw the check down but it is broken up by a thomas defender and it brings up third down here on third down though jada reese once again applies pressure and yokowski has to maneuver and get the ball out here but the ball is way too high and so just like that thanks to some great rushing by jada reese they go three and out and punt it back to thomas and so thomas to start they are moving the pocket here and they will do this for the rest of the game basically but they roll wilson out left she fi she finds giselle jones who gets them a couple yards bring up a second down after that they roll her the other way and uh they throw it the ball is caught they get a couple yards but they do call holding on st thomas so that gives them a couple yards and also gives them the first down past midfield first one of the season after an incompletion on first down before the second down play though they do throw a penalty on st thomas again I believe it's offsides which moves them up just a little bit making it second and seven and so here we go on this play wilson throws it to giselle jones on the curl route but it's a little bit too high as leon does get some pressure on this play here and so third and seven wilson tries to throw it to jones this time on the out route but it is a little late and inaccurate, and so it's incomplete. Now it's fourth down. Once again, Thomas decides to go for it as they are past midfield. And so here we go. Wilson tries to throw over the middle after going through her reads. But just great defense by St. Thomas goes ahead, and they deflect that football and throw. And just like that, once again, it is a turnover on downs here. And so here we go. St. Thomas takes over. Yukowski tries to sidearm this one, but Britt Delva dives in to force the incompletion. Um, and by the way, at this point, St. Thomas has not been able to complete a pass yet. And there's only three minutes left 
in the first quarter so just keep that in mind but anyways they go ahead and try to throw it again this time to maria vega but it is dropped uh so now it's third down here and here on third down reese once again being a force of nature forces yolkowski to throw an ill-advised pass over the middle it's not picked off but it is deflected and so that brings up third down as once again st thomas goes three and out here and would actually not be able to complete a pass until the second quarter part of it is just really good defense by thomas though and so here we go thomas they take over uh just before midfield here right before the second quarter wilson rolls out left finds today scott who makes somebody miss and then gets a nice gain of a couple yards making it second and four or so and then after that play wilson rolls out uh right here finds lakara brown who almost gets the first down but is pulled short here and that brings up third and basically inches here and to end this first quarter wilson goes ahead on the quarterback keeper slash scramble i couldn't tell which play it was honestly and she gets the first down uh past midfield and that's where they start to begin the second quarter and so here we go uh first down in the second quarter wilson looks to run but then she tries to step behind the line of scrimmage and throws it uh which was completed but ultimately they would call an illegal forward pass and so they would push them back a little bit uh still though it's second down here so here we go second down wilson once again rolling out this time right kind of throws an ill-advised throw here which to shumble washington just gets a huge interception and returns this one past midfield already her third of the year in two games and so a uh, bad decision there but st thomas they do have the ball here it's still zero zero it's anybody's game but they want to get on the board obviously and so with the ball jada graham is now in at quarterback she throws it to kaylee miller who makes somebody miss and then sprints down the field uh basically the middle of the field for a huge gain getting them in the red zone she actually almost walks in but somebody is able to pull her flag just short so not only are they in the red zone but they're maybe four or five yards ish just away uh, maybe even sh shorter than that so there you go but they keep jada graham in here at quarterback she feels the uh pressure throws the quick route here the quick drag route for the touchdown to dominique parks i believe that's the first of her career as well and just like that st thomas takes advantage of a turnover and go up six to zero now they do try to throw the extra point here but it is deflected at the line still 6-0 going into this next drive um wilson and thomas trying to bounce back from that mistake and so here's how they start wilson rolls out right on first and then decides to scramble and would go ahead and just get them the first down just like that uh to keep this thing going then on sec or sorry on first down she would throw a quick hitter finds delva would go ahead and get them a couple yards following that play though she would then find Britt Delva for a quick little throw here she would get a couple yards but then Wilson tries to throw this football once again on the run and it is tipped I believe by Leon the rusher and then intercepted by Kayla Alvarez who comes down with a huge interception and gets them started right on the edge of the red zone so St. Thomas with a chance to go up by two scores to keep Jada Graham in at quarterback on first down Jada Reese with the pressure forces an incompletion 
second down. Um, they go ahead and Graham scrambles around, tries to throw it over a defender, it looks like. But Aliyah Wood gets a huge interception. It looks like a one-handed interception. But she absolutely skies for this one. And she makes Jada Graham pay here for not throwing it high enough here. And so Thomas gets the ball back just like that, trading interceptions here. And so, with the football, Wilson rolls out and throws a quick hitch once again to Giselle Jones, who makes a couple people miss and then gets the first down, putting them across midfield. By the way, Thomas, they're not really taking any deep shots here, at least not against this secondary. It's all short stuff, basically. And that would continue as Wilson finds Kiara Knight on another short throw for a short gain here. Um, by the way, you could also just assume they are also rolling Wilson out on pretty much every play to avoid that pressure. And so then on the next play, Wilson finds Knight once more on a beautiful like downfield throw here. On the run, mind you, but just an absolute dot here. And Kiara Knight makes an excellent possession catch, uh, toe-tapping this one inbounds, which would go ahead and put Thomas in the red zone. And so, following that play, they're in the red zone, it's first down, Wilson starts rolling out left, then comes back right, and she finds a wide open Kiara Knight once more, and she hits her again for a wide open touchdown. Wilson's first career touchdown here, by the way, which would also tie the game 6-6 with about 6 minutes 50 seconds left here. Uh, and so here's how it goes down a Cole and Scott in the backfield. They are that red zone duo for Thomas here They go ahead and try to call play but before the play is ran they do call a false start on Thomas which kind of uh, Moves them back a bit and so they take out a Cole and Scott uh, Well at least from the backfield and put Wilson back in here She she tries to run for this one, but her flag is pulled and so this game stays tied here and so st thomas following that mistake they roll out jada graham once more at quarterback she rushes but gets her flag pulled at the line of scrimmage by jada reese doesn't get super far then they go ahead and put yolkowski back in um and they try and run this little two quarterback set it looks like here with graham to the side uh, Yukowski tries to throw it to Graham, but this ball is just way too low. And because it's a back you backward pass, uh, they don't call this one incomplete. It's considered a fumble technically, which is also a dead ball at the spot. And so St. Thomas is moved back a lot of yards here, and they are now backed up on their own red zone. And it's also third down. And so here on third down, Yukowski takes the safe bet, checks it down, uh, but obviously that player's flag is pulled really quickly and St. Thomas goes three and out uh, having to punt this one but to make things worse this is a really bad punt uh, it barely goes maybe 10 yards 15 yards and so Thomas is actually set up on the edge of the red zone here not quite there but they are on the edge and so here's what happens Wilson scrambles for a couple yards she would go ahead and put them in the red zone with that first down play there 
And so here we go. First down in the red zone. She rolls out left uh, and then throws it to a Cole who gets them a couple yards. Second down, Wilson uh, rolls out left once again before coming back right side and then throws it off platform. And this throw is almost picked. Um, but it's deflected by St. Thomas. I would say it's a drop by the St. Thomas defender. Either way, it's third down here. You gotta make the most of this opportunity. Wilson rolls out right, finds Aaliyah Wood over the middle, but I believe they go ahead and call a penalty on St. Thomas, and they move Thomas up. Uh, it's still third down, though. And so, uh, once again, running it back, it's third down. Cole and Scott are in, and Keanu Cole basically sprints out left, tries to dive for the end zone, but is marked just short here. A flag is thrown once again on St. Thomas, though, and moves them up just a little bit. But once again, they repeat third down. And here on third down, Cole goes ahead and punches this one in for the rushing touchdown, giving Thomas the 12-6 lead here. Um, now, they aren't able to get the extra point, and so St. Thomas gets the ball back with a minute 58 left. And so, Yulkowski, now back in at quarterback, finds a nice little spot route over the middle, and throws it to Kayla Alvarez, who goes ahead and gives them the first down. Good start to this drive. After that, they try, I believe, a reverse play. This time to Jada Graham. She does make a player miss, but she's just able to get back to the line of scrimmage before her flag is pulled. And so, second down here. Timeout is called before the second down play, though, to stop it at 135, by the way. But it's second down. And here, Yolkowski feels the pressure from Jada Reese, dumps it to Maya Salas, who then gets her flag pulled once again at the line of scrimmage. And so, now it's third down. Not a lot of gains here. Yolkowski tries to take a shot downfield. But it is underthrown, and actually, it's almost picked by Aaliyah Wood once again. But it is just deflected here, and so St. Thomas um, just not getting anywhere here. And Thomas, using their timeouts well, go ahead and get the ball back. St. Thomas would punt it with about a minute 20 left here. Thomas, to start their drive, has about a minute 14 after the punt in return. And so here's what happens. They're trying to build on this lead. Wilson throws a quick hitter. Uh, that player gets out of bounds. And by the way, the first down past midfield with a minute 8 seconds left. Plenty of time here. Um, so just keep that in mind. Right after that, Wilson rolls out right, finds Aaliyah Wood, who gets an amazing snag, by the way, and goes ahead and tacks on another couple of yards for a nice gain of 15 or so. And then Wilson, she goes ahead and finds Jones on the rollout left this time on the quick throw. And then Giselle Jones would go ahead and get them the first down. And so Thomas is rolling as they are now in the red zone thanks to that reception from Giselle Jones. Uh, by the way, 41.4 seconds left here. And so here we go. Another rollout, as you could guess. This time it's right. Wilson finds Kiara Knight. Gets a nice sideline catch before stepping out. This one goes for about 10 yards here. Second down. Wilson goes the opposite way. Goes left here. And throws to a waiting Giselle Jones on the hitch. Who stretches for the end zone. But is marked just short. Basically on the one. So it's third and one here. 27 seconds left. They go ahead and call a timeout. 
a Cole and Scott comes in, you know what that means. And a Cole runs it up the middle for an easy touchdown, extending their lead to 18 to six. But to add on to it, they keep a Cole and Scott out there for the conversion. A Cole is getting rushed. She makes a defender miss and then sprints for the pylon here down the left side and gets in for the extra point, making it 19 to six here. Now, St. Thomas, they would get the ball back. We'll get a first down. We'll actually get in the red zone. But, you know, it wasn't really going to result in a score here. They try to run some sort of screen to Jada Graham. But they go ahead and pull her flag. And that ends the half here. Thomas exploding here. Uh, great time management, by the way. But taking a pretty dominant 19-6 lead going into the third quarter. Where they get the ball on offense. Okay, now to start the third quarter, here's how it goes. Wilson uh, finds Keanu Cole on a hitch route, who has a lot of room here, is left kind of open, and she makes St. Thomas pay, gets a nice gain of 10 or so yards, and the first down on top of that. After that, Wilson scrambles for a couple, making it second and 10. Second down, Wilson rolls out, uh, throws it to a Cole on the short throw, who then makes another player miss and runs for another nice game past midfield and another first down. Keanu Cole really heating up here. Um, but anyways, past midfield, Wilson rolls out this time left, but then comes back right and once again hits a Cole who gets another good gain. Not as much this time, but for five or so yards here. Following that play, Wilson, feeling the pressure from Leon, is forced to throw it away. That brings up third down here. And so on third down, Wilson finds Brittany Devil on the out route, goes ahead and makes it uh, nice and close fourth and about a yard or so to go here. Couldn't quite get there. But doesn't matter. Uh, Wilson would go ahead and find Aaliyah Wood here on the nice little spot route who makes some magic happens, makes some people miss, and gets a lot of yards after the catch. Not only gets them a first down here, but also gets them pretty much in the red zone here. Uh, by the way, they would also throw a penalty on St. Thomas that would continue to move them up. So just a really sloppy game from St. Thomas here, it feels. But... Anyways, Wilson on first down, she would take a sack, so that would happen, and now it's second down here. On second down, this time, Wilson evades the rush, tries to check it down to a Cole, but it's dropped. That brings up third down. Mind you, they are in the red zone here. On third down, Wilson rolls out right, and then comes back left here, throwing it up to the corner of the end zone here. Not the greatest decision, kind of throwing left off platform here. And the receiver, thankfully, goes ahead and bats this one down, which prevents a pick, basically. And so, here we go. It's fourth down here. Thomas does call a timeout, though, before that. So, now they have two timeouts here. And here on fourth down, Wilson maneuvers beautifully here. Um, it looks like she is really working this pocket, if there was a pocket. And she goes ahead and shifts the defense left, staring down this left sideline before coming all the way back right and throwing to a wide open Aaliyah Wood for the first touchdown of Aaliyah Wood's career here. And just like that, they go up 25 to six here a cole would run it in uh, for the extra point making it 26 to six here with about four minutes and five seconds left in the third just not looking great here for saint thomas and so saint thomas 
They roll out Jada Graham on offense this time at quarterback. She checks it down. It's now second and two after a quick flag pull. After that, Graham once again tries to check it down, but Nakara Brown gets a really nice uh, deflection. It's really almost intercepted here, but she couldn't quite bring it in, so now it's third down here. And so here on third down, Jada Graham feels the pressure, tries to throw it up, uh, throw a deep shot here, but Aaliyah Wood once again, the freshman, coming up big time, comes up with a huge interception basically on the jump ball and then goes ahead and gives Thomas the ball here in the red zone here. Now in the red zone, by the way, there's three minutes, 40 seconds left. On the first play, Wilson rolls out right. She's just trying to extend this play here, but I think she does a little bit too much. A penalty is thrown and it looks like she tries to throw this one away, but it ends up just being a really bad throw that is just easily intercepted by either number 32 or number 33 of St. Thomas. I couldn't quite see there, but they get a pretty easy interception and they go ahead and get the ball back for St. Thomas. The penalty ended up being on Thomas. So there you go there. Now it is 26 to six here. I'm gonna kind of spoil it because St. Thomas doesn't really have a chance to come back and win this one. But basically what happens is that uh, St. Thomas would get a touchdown here to make it 26 to 12. But at this point, there's about 10 minutes, 37 seconds left. Um, Thomas is definitely in basically chew the clock mode, which is what they have done really well in this last year. Um, just chew the clock in the fourth quarter. That is their brand here. St. Thomas would eventually get the football here. Um, but it would take them a really long time to get another score here. Uh, Yolkowski would find first off to Shumba Washington on a deep throw who gets about 30 plus yards on this one to set this touchdown up. And then Yolkowski then finds Tyler Bryant over the middle for a nice touchdown. They wouldn't get the extra point though. Thomas at this point still led 26 to 18, but there was a minute 26 seconds left in this game by the time that happened. Thomas really pretty much controlled this one the entire fourth quarter, despite, you know, St. Thomas uh, putting up some more points to make this one look a little bit better here. But anyways, the final score of this one was Thomas 26, St. Thomas 18 here. If I had to pick a player of the game, I would have to go with the freshman Phenom. Aaliyah Wood played extremely well, uh, was a big time receiver for another fellow freshman in Wilson and also had a pick as well here. In addition, just played really good football too, uh, getting a lot of deflections on defense too. So I got to give it to Aaliyah Wood. A lot of great players balled out, but I think Aaliyah Wood definitely kept them in this one. And so that is big time. Okay, now we do have one more game from the weekend. Florida Memorial versus Weber. Uh, I'm just going to have all cards on the table. We are not living on the East Coast. In fact, we live in the mountains of Colorado. This is just something we like to do. Um, you know, spotlighting these athletes and coaches and the great game of football, really. And so we are not able to go to that game in person because obviously if we could, we would. So basically everything we do is through live stream and there wasn't a live stream and then there was 
I guess, a link or something created, and it was there, but it said the broadcast was delayed, and then they just never ended up showing the game, which is really disappointing, but, you know, we've already seen FMU play once a season, and hopefully we'll see Weber play uh, multiple times uh, this season, or, well, I'll be personally heartbroken if we don't, because there are some good athletes that I really want to be able to watch. But we do have a couple updates, I guess, and uh, I was able to pull a very quick recap from the FMU website. Uh, basically, the final score was 20-7. Weber would win, but this was a pretty good game. At least at the, at, at the sound of it, it felt like it was pretty uh, close here. At halftime, it was actually 7-7, I'm pretty sure here. I know for Florida Memorial, they got their first score of the season. That was led by Haley Stanton throwing her first touchdown pass, so that got them going here. And then obviously the defense played really well once more here, only allowing a touchdown. And then even then, going into the fourth quarter, uh, Weber only led 14-7, so it was really anybody's game here. But, you know, some of the same storylines, the offense for Florida Memorial just kind of struggled. I know there were two interceptions that sounded like they happened in the second half that really kind of killed some of the vibes. And I'm sure there was some struggling between gelling and whatnot still as it is only their second game. And so FMU was just not able to score and finish those drives once more. And then Weber, you know, they found a way to get it done. They grinded it out against a pretty tough squad uh, that's only getting better. And now they're 1-0. And honestly, to start the season, that's what matters. You'll build and get better as things go on. And so uh, I actually really like this win for Weber here to go ahead and tough it out and find a way to get it done. And so there you go. Once again, I apologize for not being able to, well, I guess for not being able to watch it. Uh, hopefully, well, you should be able to watch more games for both of these teams, the majority of them, if not all, uh, moving forward. So uh, we'll see. But that's how it went down. Weber defeats FMU in their season opener 22-7. Okay, now let's talk playmakers of the week here, or playmaker of the week, I guess. Uh, we'll pick one here. And this year, I kind of want to do it just a little bit differently here. So basically... Every game that we watch, whether it's myself, Cody, or intern Gideon, you know, we'll watch it, obviously review it, and then we will pick a player of the game, uh, obviously for the winning team in that one, and those will be our candidates for Playmaker of the Week. Uh, I think, I mean, I feel like last year uh, we basically did that, but I just want to make sure that's clear going into this year. And so let's go ahead and get it started here. Let's start in the season opener between St. Thomas and Warner here. I actually picked two. I, I really struggled with picking one on this one. I feel like both were pretty well-deserving, but I have Jada Graham here. Uh, she was the lead receiver for St. Thomas in that game against Warner and also had a touchdown plus like a million pass deflections. She did get that one interception, but it was called back though. I mean, she was a force on both sides of the ball. And then... This is a pretty familiar face here. You got Tashumba Washington in her first game. She 
already is getting started. Had two interceptions in this game. Uh, both were big time and key in this one. And honestly, I also want to shout out their game against Thomas, where they played pretty well too. Jada Graham, she stepped up at quarterback actually uh, for a lot of that game, if you remember, and led some pretty good drives there. Deshumble Washington, she did have that big reception at the end to make it close. Plus, I believe she added on another interception. So, well, she is the interception leader in the entire country with three to two through two games and so both great players who had a pretty good weekend between those two games there so want to go ahead and shout her uh, or those two athletes out there and then in this other game uh, from that day the 15th we have Florida Memorial versus Kaiser and I think this one is pretty obvious but I'm gonna go ahead and go with Another familiar name that consistently made these uh, lists and got these accolades last year. And that's Kaiser's quarterback, Jasmine Roden. Three touchdown passes. I don't believe she had any interceptions. A whole bunch of yardage and rushing yards as well. And actually, I have her stats right here. It took me a minute to go ahead and find those. But uh, Jasmine Roden's stats from that game, 17 of 27, 173 passing yards. Three passing touchdowns, no picks, only took one sack there. And then on the ground, on three attempts, 26 rushing yards, uh, no touchdowns there. But a very clean game, found three different receivers, got a lot of players going, uh, really just kept the chains going, and um, honestly was just really sharp for this team. Didn't hurt Kaiser at all, obviously, and this was a pretty close game. And so I think she's very deserving of that one. So there you go. Now, Thomas versus St. Thomas, uh, there were definitely a couple people I could have, you know, given this to. But, you know, I think I gotta go with the freshman, Aaliyah Woods. First off, she's a freshman coming on to a championship team. Like I said in the season preview, I wasn't sure, you know, how many freshmen would be able to get up in there and contribute a ton. I did name drop Aaliyah Woods, though, and said, you know, if anybody was going to get in there, I think for sure she should be able to. Uh, I do want to shout out Alexa Wilson for Thomas. He had a bit of a tough game, you know, three interceptions, two touchdowns. But she was tough out there, you know, um, never really fell apart too badly. And uh, that allowed Thomas to win this one big. But back to Aaliyah Woods here. I mean, a freshman going ahead and contributing to this team. That is absolutely big time. Let's go ahead and talk stats here in that game versus St. Thomas, which was a pretty hard fought game there. I mean, she had four receptions, 34 yards and one receiving touchdown in that one um i think the only other person that caught a touchdown was kiara knight so there you go and then on defense as well i mean she came up pretty big here two tackles two flagpoles and then two interceptions for this thomas squad which was huge because like i said you know there were some struggles on offense but i would say this defense per usual really stepped up and you know this time it was Aaliyah wood who Aaliyah wood excuse me who did her thing and was pretty excellent there so there you go there now uh, I would pick a playmaker of the week for FMU versus Weber, but I, like I said, I just didn't watch the game, and so I'm, I'm going to keep it to these four candidates here 
for now. But, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get to watch a game or at least get a recap up in a good amount of time. And then I could always pick from there. But I do want to just say that um, and pick from these four great playmakers. And so I'm going to actually have to go with... For this week one playmaker of the week to start the 2023 season, I believe the freshman out of Thomas, Aaliyah Wood, deserves it. Once again, two touchdowns, or sorry, two interceptions, one receiving touchdown, and then four receptions for, I believe, 34 yards in their season opener versus St. Thomas. Uh, just a very good job, and, you know, all these other players were players who were playmakers last year and whatnot and did their thing, but I really want to make sure, you know, we just don't pass up how great it is for a freshman to step in, especially a team like Thomas that really doesn't have that many weaknesses was a very solid team very complete team last year and so for her to contribute and make the most out of her situations was uh, definitely big time especially in a game where you know uh, the offense did struggle a little bit and they just relied on their defense to really help them out and so gotta give her a lot of credit but there you go that is your playmaker of the week all right, now let's move on to power rankings. This will be our last big segment here, but let's just go ahead and talk about it real quick. So basically how it goes, myself and Cody, who is my other co-host, we go ahead and make power rankings for these squads. Uh, I know each of us have teams ranked separately, and then we come together and rank them accordingly and have all of our reasons and all of that great stuff. And so that's how it works. It's me and Cody running these power rankings, depending on strength of wins, uh, losses, you know, and just all of that stuff. Also, how good teams are playing as well. And so that's how we do these. We'll do these hopefully each week here. I also want to shout out our friends at NAIF Ball. Um, go follow them on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You know, they're, they're really good friends of the podcast. They are, in my opinion, I think the only other media outlet that's not directly linked to one school here that covers women's flag football and nai football in general so there you go we participate in their poll their media poll as well uh, it's only a top four and so our top four rankings um cody and mine we go ahead and send them over to those guys over there so there you go wanted to make sure i give them a shout out here because they do a lot uh, for the coverage of this sport as well so boom now, let's talk about last year's rankings, the rankings at the end of the season, because we didn't make preseason rankings for this season. Uh, we were, I'm not even gonna lie, we were just a little bit behind, and so uh, these week one rankings will be kind of a combination of where teams left off last year or where we had them ranked last year and then how some of them did week one and then just some other conversations which we'll talk about when we dive into this but let's talk about last year's rankings so here we go at number well let's start at the bottom here at number 12 here is milligan xavier was on this list but i don't believe they have a program anymore at least i couldn't find anything on it for this year and so uh, I took them out, but they were previously last last year. But Milliken here is 12 at 11, Cotty, 10, Florida Memorial, 9, Midland, 
8 St. Thomas, 7 University of St. Mary, 6 Warner, 5 Weber, 4 Kansas Wesleyan, 3 Kaiser, 2 Thomas, and 1 Ottawa. So those were the rankings at the end of last football season in 2022. Now, let's go ahead and talk about these week one rankings. So uh, I want to start at 13. It's kind of tied here at 13 here. But we got Reinhardt, Bethel, and Campbellsville. Like I said, uh, those are the new teams joining these uh, all these great programs, women's flag football programs this season. And because they did not play last year, obviously, you know, they'll start at the bottom for now. They're all tied, but obviously as they win games, they'll be able to move up. So just wanted to say that me and Cody agreed that for now, you know, they're at the bottom and they got to earn their way up. So as they win, you know, we'll see. But for now, they're all tied at 13 here. Now, at 12, we got Milligan. 11 is Cotty. That doesn't really change too much from last year. At 10, we got FMU here. And so, let me go ahead and talk about them. First things first, and last year's rankings, they were at 10. So, they just don't really move for me. Uh, in my personal rankings, I have them at 9 here in Midland at 10 uh but cody has midland at 9 and fmu at 10 i mean we talked about it we decided to put them right here and so let me let me talk about it here so right now they are 0 and 2 they lost to kaiser 20 to 0 then they also lost to weber 20 to 7 both really close games i know on paper it doesn't look close but they were you know they were very close games games that you know they had chances to win you know, legitimate chances, and I think, honestly, in both of, well, against Weber, that was the closest game uh, they've ever had against them. Against Kaiser, they might have had a closer game last year, but against Weber, that has been the closest game they've ever had in program history, which is big time, but, you know, they lost to, here, let's just talk about it, I mean, they lost to Kaiser, uh, like I said, it was close, Defense, I felt like, did their thing. They did allow some really big splash plays, and then they came back down to, you know, back down to the ground and uh, did their job and were good. But ultimately, I felt like the offense, uh, I mean, we both feel like the offense obviously just did not hold up their side of the bargain. I mean, one touchdown in two games, that is not, I mean, you can't win that way. Like, there's no way, you know, you got to score at least one to win. So there you go. Now, Despite making it into the red zone once and having a number of good drives downfield, uh, they just weren't able to finish drives or really get it done uh, in this game and in the Weber game, and obviously that ended up hurting them. So, you know, that's tough, but defensively they played well. And even then, offensively, I would say, and Cody would agree with me here, they have shown really good signs of improvement and life uh last year you know there were there were plenty of drives that did not make past midfield or stalled out really early on i mean at least some of these drives are longer drives that are stalling out so that's progress and so i'm gonna reiterate this one more time they're here at 10 but really keep an eye on fmu because this is a team that's only going to get better as the season goes on they're not going to be the same team you play at the beginning of the season. Uh, they're really hunting for an upset, to be honest with you. So, boom, it's out there. There you go. Now, at 9 is Midland. I mean, they haven't played yet. Um, so, there you go. I'm 
think on Cody's list, he has the Midland at nine as well. Uh, like I said, I had Midland at 10 last year. Midland was at nine. So they basically just stay there. Uh, ahead of them, we have uh, the University of St. Mary. I think, I mean, they haven't played either yet. They will here in a couple weeks here. The only reason they've really moved down is because they were at seven at the end of last season. It's just because other teams have played games and have won. I'm sure as they, you know, play games and win or lose or whatever, that'll eventually get adjusted. But, you know, teams that play are going to move up, especially if you win two. So there you go. At seven, we got Warner here. Uh, Cody has them in six in his personal rankings. For me, I have them at seven. I think they were closer to six, but we decided seven was a good spot. And so uh, let me go ahead and say what Cody typed up here. He said, I'm going to leave Warner here uh, for the early lead against St. Thomas. But outside of that drive, it was definitely a struggle. 50% completion is rough. And if they want to keep up in the Sun Conference, they're going to have to turn up more than that. And yeah, no, absolutely agreed. I mean, they're only 0-1 right now. Lost 12-7 to to a solid St. Thomas team here. And I am also going to throw this out there. I honestly believe St. Thomas has one of the best defenses in the entire country. But I look, I'm, I'm going to also put this out there. If I'm Warner, you know what you could do. You have the players to do better than seven points and you know that it doesn't matter how good another defense is you control what you could do ultimately i mean you have a star in Holmes, you have a pretty competent quarterback i would say in Tinjin, and then you have all these other great athletes uh i'm even thinking about some of the freshmen they brought in mari logan uh vince anna vincentini you know you got you got some players out there you know trinity kieran returning from last year and so for them to just really struggle and just kind of play a sloppy game, uh, really just more so on offense. I think defense, they did fine. You allowed 12 points and you somehow lost. That's tough, you know? And so moving forward, we'll see what happens. I know it's the first game of the season, so there is rust to knock off here. But, you know, you are a collegiate program. You're one of the highest levels of women's flag football with all this talent, too. And so expectations are high going into the second year, basically, with this program. So, yeah, under this regime, at least. So we'll see. They're here at 7-0-1. This isn't the worst loss here. I'm just going to throw this out there. Definitely a good chance for them to rise here as the season goes on. So, uh, yeah. Now... At six, we got Kansas Wesleyan. They haven't played uh, yet here. And this is actually what Cody has to say about that. He says, I know this may seem rough to knock KW, KWU down this much, but not playing games plus a new coach uh, will have to earn their way back up the ladder. I am excited to see how the new tenor takes over, but gotta see it first. Uh, for reference, last season, KWU, first off, they won the silver bracket and they finished fourth. They do drop just two spots here. I mean, other teams played and yeah, they do have a new head coach. And so there are obviously going to be some doubts, but you are returning mostly the same team here. Uh, minus uh, Marissa Rubino and some other ones. Wyalai uh, is a big one, but you know, we'll see. You got to play and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, like, like I said, it's week one. Now, at five is St. Thomas here. Cody and I 
both agreed on this ranking for them um let me start with what he had to say he said their opening win was exciting but you would hope that this team could capitalize more against a vulnerable thomas team that they forced turnovers on but just couldn't quite seal the deal still at one and one with their vanta defense it's a program to be excited for now St. Thomas, uh, they beat Warner 12-7, then lost to Thomas in Georgia, by the way, 26-18. Look, we saw some good, and then we saw some okay this weekend. They had a slow start versus Warner, but they grinded that one out. That results in a very good win. Against Thomas, they really hung in there with them, but a tough kind of like middle of the game second and third quarter that just didn't go their way at all um made that game di very difficult for them to win now they did score some points at the end of the fourth quarter to make this one closer or at least look closer but i mean you gotta do better in the middle of the game you gotta play a little bit more of a complete game and to be honest with you i'm not super worried about this defense like i said I feel like this defense is a top tier defense and is arguably a top two or three unit, probably a top three unit in the entire country. Now, offensively, there have been flashes, you know, a lot to be excited for. Uh, Jokowski has gotten in there. She's pretty much done a good job still obviously growing uh, as she's only a sophomore you have jada graham back she's been a big time playmaker you know uh, getting in there at quarterback sometimes sometimes at receiver but on offense ultimately you just gotta play better you know you gotta really start putting putting it together because i think you really have something special with your defense here so for now they are just outside this top four here uh, I think it's okay for them to be at five. They definitely have the potential to move into the top four, even top three, potentially. So we'll see as the season goes on. Um, obviously, it's the beginning, so you have some things you got to work on. But there are some really positive things, and uh, I think you could work with that moving forward. Now, at four, we both have Weber. This is what Cody says. Leaving opening week undefeated at 1-0 is a great feeling, especially with a strong second half to regain the lead and eventually close this game. Big test in, in their next contest against Kaiser to see if they belong and could stay here in the top four. And yeah, no, absolutely agreed. I really wanted to watch this game because there's a lot of great athletes that we've supported that are on there now. And, you know, this is a team that is, it feels a little bit more different going into this season. You know, they should be a lot better, I would say. And so we'll see what they do moving forward. Really excited to watch them play. Then at three, we both got Kaiser. Uh, look, they're 1-0. They beat FMU 20-0. I mean, they played a team in FMU who honestly really pushed them. And it was a 14-0 lead going into the fourth. They would stay the course and earn this one, though. Uh, at the end, like I said, winning 20-0. Jasmine Roden, she played a clean game and showed why she's one of the top QBs in the entire country. Plus, her MVP campaign begins now. Uh, some would say, oh, why didn't they score more? You know, FMU, they're like 10 or whatever um here wait yeah they are 10 uh look i think fmu is better than the record i think like i said this is a team that is going to upset somebody either in this top five or this top 10 anybody ahead of them sooner than later 
they're really on the cusp here. And so, honestly, I'm more impressed by Kaiser just staying the course, not being freaked out that it's a little bit of a closer game, and just playing a very clean game of football here. And so, really like that. Um, it's very encouraging to see Jasmine Roden super sharp here with all her receivers. Uh, I know they were really trying to take away Kennedy Foster. You know, she's going to make a play or two. That's just who she is. She's a playmaker like that, even when she is doubled and triple teamed. But for other players like Marissa Rubino to get up in there and get going, we know what she's been able to do. Uh, Sophia Caprio, that freshman, to really turn up. That's big time. Also, Chloe Griffin as well. Uh, we've been known that, though, after last season. All reasons to be an optimist. Now, at number two, we got Thomas here. Um, let me talk about them first. So, first off, they're 1-0. Beat St. Thomas 26-18. A win is a win. Now, the runner-ups, they rolled out a new quarterback. And, I mean, she struggled throwing three interceptions that are honestly a bit inexcusable you know i mean you can't make those plays and it wasn't like oh it got tipped and then like no they were just they were just not the greatest decisions you know and she's a freshman right you could expect that but i'm gonna also throw this out there here uh, in case she is the starter for the rest of the season because i don't know what the quarterback situation right now i do understand why she would be the starter you know first things first i mean she's going to be around this program for a very long time because i do think she's talented there are some throws and plays she extended that were very impressive and you know showed flashes i mean she threw for a solid like 200 yards two touchdowns and you could really live with that if you are thomas there's going to be growing pains with any young quarterback, especially when they're transitioning level to level, like middle to high school, high school to college, college to pros. That's natural. And so, and Tom and St. Thomas is no slouch either. They're a very good defense. I think outside of STU, Ottawa is probably the only other one that's better. Um, I would say right now that I've seen and, you know, looking at defenses on paper too. And so there's no real shame in that. But you got to do clean some of those things up here. Uh, this Thomas defense, they played really well. And the score really doesn't uh, reflect how dominant they truly were. They kind of let them come back just a little bit at the end there. But, you know, they were going to win regardless, which is what matters at the end. And so really impressed by this team. I think this Thomas defense... You know, they were the top defense last year. I think this year they got better and significantly too. So we'll see. That's that's a lot. You know, there, there's a lot to be happy about. Um, for your offense to throw three picks, have those turnovers, and still win 26 to 18 is it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. And it's not like you're playing a slouch either. So you could be happy about that if you're Thomas, in my opinion. But Always something to work on moving forward. Now, Cody said, I won't knock Thomas for winning, although it was a very sloppy win. I am not sure if that same kind of, of performance would beat a Kaiser team that was clicking this week, but they will retain the spot in hopes of knocking some rust off and quarterback play stabilizing. And uh, yeah, absolutely agreed. I mean, we'll see what happens moving forward. This Thomas defense is good, though. That's their bread and butter. And defenses win championships. Now, number one is Ottawa. I mean, they're the the they're the defending national champs. Excuse me. And 
I mean, there's no reason to move them down here. I mean, they won the last two years, which is obviously big. And then even then, they didn't really lose too many players here. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is probably Clara Bodaway. She kind of did a lot for that offense. Um, I, I know Jennifer Anthony, I believe, as well, is another one you're losing on defense. But other than that, I mean, you have new players brought in. You have a number of really good players brought in, and you're they have a really deep roster. And so excited to watch them play, but there's no reason to move them down here because they are the defending champs. And on top of that, I mean, on paper, they still look pretty good. So, there you go. I think that's pretty understandable, though. But those are your Week 1 rankings one more time. Tied at 13 is these three teams, Reinhardt, Bethel, and Campbellsville, for now. At 12, Milligan, 11, Cotty, 10, FMU, 9, Midland, 8, University of St. Mary's, 7, Warner, 6, Kansas Wesleyan, 5, St. Thomas, 4, Weber, 3, Kaiser, 2, Thomas, and 1, Ottawa. So, there you go. Those are your power rankings. First one of the season. Ooh, okay, that wraps up this episode of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. Thank you so much if you listened throughout this whole thing. I'm sure you did. Even if you made it to the end, still appreciate you. Really appreciate the support for this. Uh, love covering women's flag football. It is definitely the highlight. Um, that's not a shot, I don't think. Whatever, I don't care. It's the highlight of my year. And so I really enjoy it. So much good football. Great coaching, too. As well, shout out the coaches who just put their players in excellent positions and are obviously moving this game forward. And so really looking forward to the rest of this season here. A lot of life is going on between myself, Cody, and Gideon. And so we'll hopefully be releasing an episode every week. No promises. Sometimes it might be every two weeks, but usually it should be every week, hopefully on Mondays, uh, just so that we could continue to get this out, continue to cover this great sport here and all of these great athletes. And if you want to continue to support us, go ahead and follow us on all of our social medias to know when new episodes or content is posted, plus updates from these games here. We try to post those when possible. And also, if you want to, you know, send us any notes from those games or opinions go ahead and do it you know over our dms uh, at playmakers corner that's facebook instagram and twitter if you want to i guess send it personally to either myself or cody go ahead to you know and we'll work with uh what we got so there you go you could find our social medias by uh following or finding us on playmakers corner so there you go and on top of that uh go ahead show some love on youtube uh tiktok Apple Podcast, what's the other one? Spotify, you know, leave us a good review. We really appreciate those. And, you know, what do you think about this week one? I know only like four-ish teams played, and there were only four games, but uh, would love to hear some really good opinions here as we have been talking to some people and excited for the rest of the season. But uh, I have been your host for this episode, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I'll see you next time.